Matthew 3, 1-12 In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And thanks be to God, we got Jennifer McClish in the chair. So happy to be here. For the first time in 2024. 2024. And it's only the fifth day of 2024. Wow. If my math is correct. (laughs) And uh, man, so we're going through the Gospel of Matthew, as you know, Jennifer, yeah. And uh, and we're gonna kind of go through uh, we're gonna go through one through eleven for now, and then step away for a little bit on ODR, mm-hmm. and then come back to it in a few months, and then step away and come back. And so over the course of this year, we're gonna push through uh, this very important gospel account, which yeah. is of course the kind of breaks the silence after Malachi gets right. us into the New, New Testament. And uh, man, each gospel account. Um, is very different and in a profound way mm-hmm. that is meant to be helpful for us. So, you know, Luke, um, he wrote it sort of as like this apologetics letter uh, to Theophilus. And mm-hmm. Luke was a physician, very smart, very eloquent. And if you read Luke, and of course he wrote Acts as well, um, great storyteller, you know, yeah. beautiful. Like that's where we get the Charlie Brown Christmas Luke 2, like <laughs> right. Christmas story that we always read. Um, and so it's like this great story. The gospel of Mark kind of has its own thing. It's very mm-hmm. brief, very sudden, very yeah. percussive. He keeps saying immediately, immediately, immediately. Yes, immediately. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then John, um, it's in its own category. The other three are called synoptic gospels. Mm-hmm. John is kind of its own thing. Starts out with this crazy poem uh, saying that, you know, the word became flesh. Right. You know? And so... Um, and, and then it and written so own, that we would believe. There we go. Yeah, he tells so us believe. his actual uh, purpose. In exactly. It. Yeah. And uh, Matthew, it, it's really, I, I think it's absolutely placed as like the first mm-hmm. gospel account because the big thing of Matthew is putting Jesus in the context as the king of Israel. 
yes. and the fulfillment of the Old Testament and really building a clear, clear bridge between what the prophets have been saying for centuries yes. and what has now been fulfilled in Jesus. And so, I mean, we're not even three full chapters in and we're already getting hit over the head with all these, right. you know, uh, quotes and then more subtle allusions to and fulfillments of yeah. the Old Testament. And that continues today with John the Baptist. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I guess to polish off that thought, uh, Bob Utley in a commentary, I, I really like how he kind of frames this purpose of Matthew. Um, he says that there's basically this twofold purpose, which is evangelism being one and discipleship being the other, mm-hmm. which then we see uh, reflected in the Great Commission at the end of Matthew. And so evangelism being specifically towards Jews who had the prophets, who had the law, Mm -hmm. um, Matthew's clearly, there's like this, this, um, invitational side of like, see how Jesus fulfilled all these these things. And so that's why we have all this old Testament literature woven in. And the second being discipleship, because Matthew really gets into the way of following Jesus. And so what does it look like to live as Christians? Well, we have the Sermon on the Mount. We have, you know, uh, just an extensive amount of Jesus's actual teachings. So right. the people are so tired of hearing me talk, Jennifer. They, they want to know, what are your <laughs> thoughts on Matthew 3? That was all good stuff. 1 through 12. Yeah, no, I well, I think uh, that was a great setup because right off the bat, we've got this character, John the Baptist, who, um, you know, he has a very specific ministry and we find out like that he was actually, uh, this person was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah oh, yeah. that he would come. There would be a forerunner yeah. to the promised Messiah. Yeah. It would be a voice, which I think is very interesting that John understood like who he was. Cause later people will be asking him like, are you the Christ? Are you Elijah? Are you this, that, mm-hmm. whatever. And he realized that he's the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Yeah. And I think what, um, you know, two things. One, it says that the prophecy said that he would prepare the way of the Lord, um, make his path straight. And there is this kind of like actual thing that happened then when like royalty would travel where people would go ahead of them and like remove the stones, yeah, remove the, heralds, the sticks yeah. and all the, you know, but also kind of like uh, make oh, the way yeah, straight yeah, for yeah. the actual like um, king. Yeah. And so you think, okay, so uh, John is like making the, you know, actually preparing the way for the king hmm. um, to the hearts. And what is his message? I think it's really interesting that it's not like a a political stump speech it's not like gather your weapons we're gonna take on rome you know any of these things that you would kind of expect and actually found out later a lot of the people expected yeah and what was actually happening like there were right yeah they were all kind of messiahs that that's how they would present themselves i'm the messiah and this is one you know here's my army yeah but um his message is repent Mm. and but that is actually really to your point about evangelizing jews this should have been very familiar because this has God's been God's message for millennia mm-hmm. that he's always been concerned about the heart mm-hmm. and very um, concerned about the people's tendency to go towards um, the uh, religious, like, you know, still doing their sacrifices, observing their feasts, but all the while keeping idols um, in their tents and living like the surrounding Canaanites. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's over and over and Absolutely. over stories that you see. And there was always like this one indictment against them that they were not caring for widows, orphans, strangers, um, you know, refugees, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like there was always like this repent and here's the evidence of you're not repenting and here's what fruit of repentance would look like. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting that John picks up that message. He's like, you need to repent. And we kind of see some 
aspects of that, that the people were coming for baptism, but they were confessing their sins. So mm. they're agreeing with God about who they are and mm. what's wrong, that they're you know looking for salvation in all yeah. the wrong places yeah. instead of looking to God. He's asking them to turn from that, mm-hmm. change course, and look to God in faith, mm-hmm. right? Not go through these other means of salvation. And then he says, um, when he talks to the Pharisees, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So anyway, there's a lot there. I should probably take a breath. No. So you can like, you want to comment on repentance. I love it. No, <laughs> I, I think that that is such a apt word. And you know, this idea of like someone uh, going out and declaring repent, um, you know, I think, at least for me, you know, we kind of have an Americanized like idea of what yeah. that like looks like. Yeah, yeah. And so it kind of sounds like fire. And, and I mean, ironically, John does. <laughs> he does reference fire, fire here. I know, but, but you know, it, it kind of sounds like, you know, just whatever the fire, and but like this idea preaching. of repentance, yeah. it's like, uh, you know, I love this. Thomas actually brought this out once when, uh, when preaching on, uh, Psalm 23, that the, the Hebrew word for he restores my soul mm-hmm. um, can also translate as he repents my soul. Wow. It's like this idea of this like turning. And turning. so, you know, we talk yeah. about repentance. It's turning from one thing right. toward another thing. Right. Um, and it's a replacing. It's like a putting off yeah. and putting on. And uh, I love that image of the the front runners of the king, you know, clearing the way. Yeah. Um, so we have this practice that John... Uh, is clearly known for so much so that it's part of his title, baptism. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's easy to take for granted, like, oh, yeah, John was baptizing people because, like, that's what we do. <laughs> right. But then if you like, actually stop to think about it, it's like he's baptizing. Like, Jesus, you know, we think of baptism as, like, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah. John wasn't Like, what doing was he that. doing that? I know. And, uh, and so it's an interesting thing that I think, like, it's good to – you know, not go super deep into here, but just go study it. Cause I, I've started to look into it and it's like this practice that actually goes back to Levitical law mm. that developed in Jewish culture mm-hmm. um, from the mandated ceremonial washing yes. and cleansing. Yeah. And so this baptism that John is coming with for the repentance of sins. Yes. It, it is accompanied with this like ceremonial cleansing. Washing. Yeah. Admitting then, that you need to be clean. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so then he says that someone better is going to come. Someone more is going to come with a different kind of baptism. Right. And this is where it gets like really interesting because, you know, we just got out of Christmas season and, you know, we like to think of like sweet little baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet this uh, this young man, you know, born of a virgin, he's coming with his own baptism of the Holy Spirit yeah. and fire. Right. And so the ceremonial cleansing uh, will in his hands be filled with the Holy Spirit or with fire. Right. And there's this divisiveness. Yes. What do you, what do you well, make I was gonna, or, I think, or are you going to backtrack? Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I think um, kind of like all of that is going on here and you can kind of see it playing out in real time just with the contrast of the people who are coming um, for baptism for their sins. Mm-hmm. You see that they have a posture, they're confessing their sin. So they're agreeing with God about what God says is sin and what has separated from them. They're turning to God in faith and this outward cleansing is 
a sign of an inward heart change. Like it's clearly this repentance is about the mm-hmm. heart. And again, repeating the message that God has had for, you know, a millennium forever. Yep. Whereas like his eyes are roving to and fro looking for men and women whose heart are for him. And that's who mm-hmm. he strongly supports, right? Like it's always been about the heart mm-hmm. um, and how far away it is from God and him uh, bringing it us back to him. But then you see like these religious leaders, these Pharisees and Sadducees, they're coming for baptism too. It's very interesting. But John sees right through it. And yeah. why? But you're kind of like, oh man, how does he, you know, is it just because they were religious? Is it because they're hypocritical? Whatever. Well, they weren't confessing their sin. So you already know, like, it's like a, it's more of an outward show for them. Yeah. And um, that they are a brood of vipers, which is an interesting reference back to the snake yeah. kind of, you know, participating in the lie, not yeah. in the deception, not in true, you know, heart for God, um, which is really hard to hear about your religious leaders. But then he has <laughs> that phrase that I meant, the bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And like, you know, the fruit of repentance has always been, it's like Micah 6, 8, you know, like what does God require of mm-hmm. you? It's to um, do justice, to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Yeah, and as yeah. we read through the Old Testament, like uh, the New Testament gospels, we're going to see that like, even more just evidence piled on evidence that the Pharisees were not about that. Yeah. Um, they were the opposite. And you can even see John knows that. Cause he says, you know, um, God don't even say like, well, we're sons of Abraham, which they yeah. ended up saying over and over again, or like, we're, you know, followers of Moses. They were always throwing at these names, like this kind of entitlement attitude, which again is a heart that's far away from God. You're not entitled. If salvation yeah. is by grace, you're not entitled to it. So anyway, mm-hmm. I said all that to say that this is Absolutely. Jesus is going to step into this. Absolutely. And I love this, like, very, um, like, the visual, the metaphor that John is of with a winnowing fork. Like, this was mm-hmm. an agrarian society. Like, they would have seen this kind of, like, that big fork, you know, that, like, stab oh, yeah. into the ground and throw up the wheat and the chaff blows away. And it's very, you're agitating the mm-hmm. wheat. And you're, mm-hmm. like, you're, you're not just, like, coming in trying to, like, yeah. like, keep the peace in the sense that we think of like not rocking the boat. I mean, Jesus is like here to rock the boat because he's divine. Like you said, it's divisive. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're either repenting and realizing who you are before God and Mm -hmm. turning to his plan of salvation, or you're continuing in this self salvation, doing your own right, you know, looking for your own righteousness. Um, And you're, it's going to be, you're going to be chaff. You're going to be blown away. You're going to be burned up. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. And we can't, you know, I totally agree. And and to that point, we can't miss as we go through Matthew, we can't misread Jesus. And right. I think specifically like what we see here that is going to be reiterated elsewhere in Matthew and in just the gospels is we, we have an easy time. Um, most of the time conceptualizing Jesus as savior, mm-hmm. Jesus as the sacrifice Um, Jesus is the friend of sinners and that's good. He absolutely a million percent is all those things. Uh But, you know, uh, the great Jenna Carlisle, um, the lovely Jenna Carlisle, she, she brought this verse to my attention a few weeks ago and it was ironically like the day before or a couple of days before I read this passage in preparation, Mm -hmm. uh, for, you know, studying Matthew and uh, it's this verse in John. It's uh, John five twenty two, And it really, I mean, I don't know how many jillions of times I've read this <laughs> right, verse right. and just totally missed it. Yeah. But it says, for the, this is Jesus speaking. He says, for the father judges no one, but has given all judgment 
to the son. Mm. The father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Yeah. And he's, you know, clearly speaking of himself. And I think this like Trinitarian um, sort of like a paradigm that I have lived so much of my life with is Mm -hmm. God is like the powerful creator and judge. Jesus is the savior who gets me on his good side Mm -hmm. and the Holy spirit just makes cool things happen (laughs) and sanctification. Right. And like, it's all like nice and partial and separate. But what John is saying here is like the judge is coming. Jesus is coming in and you know, he is going to baptize with the Holy spirit and also with fire. And so it's not, you know, this pitiable, like weak, Uh but it's this authoritative judge filled with love and mercy and compassion, exactly, but demanding repentance, demanding justice. And, uh, you know, that, that should shape the way that we worship, the way that we read Matthew and everything else. And the way we deal, like Jesus is always bringing us to a point of decision. Mm -hmm. Like there's no just Mm-hmm. waiting around or like seeing him, you know, like not um, bringing you to a point where you have to respond. So, absolutely, um, absolutely. and that's even like in the conviction that he brings when you see the life of Christ and you, you know, this is how he operates even after you've come to him in faith for salvation. But yeah, we can't ever stay neutral with absolutely. Jesus. He won't allow it. And that's for our good. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, well, Jennifer, a great yes. word in huh? Matthew 3. We could go on, but we mustn't. Um, <laughs> we mustn't. So People must get to work. <laughs> for the magnanimous Jennifer oh McClish, this is Will Carlisle. We'll continue through Matthew tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our Daily Rhythm.